Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Lucas and Vincent were not in the mainstream of gay life. Uh, he was saving body parts, such as uh, skulls. Doesn't it bother you that he's a fag? You have done me a great service. Now I must service you. And the drugs were, were always a, a cry for attention, for somebody to pay attention to me before I, you know, kill somebody. <laughs> You can imagine what it smells like if you go into a closed room. Something is trying to get inside my body. Yeah, she's female and she's waiting for you in the cabana. And you want to sleep with me. Buckle up, Sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You're back to true crime, horror, and everything man-on-man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, staring at the beautiful face of my filthy little slave, Sam Hamilton. Hello. Uh, as Good filthy as I again, am, Sam. I am not as filthy as some of the power and control messed up dynamics from this movie. Oh, it's so, it's so good. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, we're filming these, we're filming, we're recording these things uh, back to back. If it sounds and remotely. Like... So I do apologize. Um, there's been a few weird background noises on my end. So if anyone can hear banging music, all of the above, um, it's just part of the COVID world that we're reliving in Australia now. Also, it's uh, it's that classic thing of we've done the true crime one, we've done the movie one, and I'm now three wines deep. Uh, <laughs> so, so it always gets a little bit loosey goosey when we do the movie. You look ones. a bit happier because we're we're camera, yeah. so I can see his face. Do you look yeah, yeah. So I'm red enough a little bit. Um, but today we are um, we're looking at a film by a filmmaker that I recently discovered who I'm kind of obsessed with. He's very uh, who, you. He really is. Like if you were an angry Japanese man, this could be you. Exactly. Um, it is the uh, writer and director, uh, Satu Hisayasu. I fucked that up terribly and I apologize to any Japanese listeners, but Satu Hisayasu is uh, a Japanese director who has been around since the early 80s. His, his first film was in uh, 1985, I believe. Um, but he is a director of what in Japan is known as pink films, which are kind of <laughs> a mix of uh, exploitation and erotica, um, but not porn. It's not quite porn. No, if I had to give this movie sort of like a tonal comparison, I'd probably say it's like, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer meets, yeah. um, I don't know, meets sexual repression. Helix I guess that Studios. Movie have, <laughs> meets Helix Studios, sure. Yeah. Well, so I think 
pink film. So this is the movie we're talking about today. We've picked one of uh, Hisiasu's films, Muscle, from 1989. But these 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 pink films, um, they're you can tell that they're filmed in such a way that they want to be pornographic, but they're working with whatever the censorship regime is. In that they kind of they really get close to the line, and I, I want to talk about that in detail in a moment. But um, so these these pink films, uh, he's he's infamous for doing it, and they come with a degree of artistry and skill. The like, so like an American version of these sorts of pink films would just have like really shitty cinematography, and there would be like no intellectual themes throughout, as opposed to Hisayasu who makes these horny incredibly violent movies that have this like air of like artistic vision and intelligence to them and I found it so captivating I've now seen I've gone through a bit of a um a bunch of his films now uh only three of them are gay themed um but there's like a whole gambit of films just to give you an idea of the kinds of exploitation films he's made here are some choice titles of movies that he's made. Um, Molester's Train, Dirty Behaviour, Unfaithful <laughs> Wife, Shameful Torture, Office Lady Rape, Devouring the Giant Tits, Rape Climax, and Lolita Vibrator Torture. Okay. This so is he, the territory. He's, like, he's, he's like, you know what you're walking into when you see when you watch these movies. Although Muscle was a little bit of an abstract title by his standards, it seems like. It's true. It's true. That was that left more to the imagination than um, devouring giant tits. D- devouring giant tits. Sorry. Although I do kind of want to watch that now. So. Also, the, so they're quite good. So I, I watched uh, his most famous film, which is a 1995 film called Naked Blood, which isn't gay themed. So we're not going to go through it in detail. But it's gross. Um, it's like a it's a body horror film where these a group of women are going through an experiment and a man uh, screws up the experiment in such a way that women start feeling pleasure when they should be feeling pain. Um, so it's like there's a French film that's very similar to this where a woman starts like cutting up her leg and stuff. That's what happens in Naked Blood. Sounds kind of like my sex life. Yeah, okay. have a bit of fun with it. It feels so good. But there's like this amazing effects in this movie of like there's this one girl. Is the, movie, is the French movie sorry to interrupt? Is it Trouble Every Day? No, Trouble Every Day is the vampire one, isn't it? Because I've always wanted to watch that movie. I think I think she's a cannibal. I don't know, but anyway, it's probably a um, movie. no, it's like Flesh or something like that. The French film because a woman realizes that she can't feel pain and then she starts like cutting off her skin. It might be called Skin. Anyway, tangent. We'll find out. Uh, Naked Blood, very, very interesting, very, very interesting effects. I recommend looking up on YouTube. There's a scene where a a girl realises that she can't feel pain and then she becomes tempted to um, deep fry her hand with batter. So she deep fries it and then she starts biting off her fingers. (laughs) Hey, you might not feel that, but you're probably going to die of some sort of sepsis slash shock. So I love try that one so much. So he's like very interested in like the body and the extremity of both sex and and gore and violence. And yes, 
This is very much my thing. Anyway, the movie we're talking about today <laughs> is Muscle. As I said, he made it in 1989. It sits amongst a trilogy that he did of gay-themed pink films, including Hunter's Sense of Touch and Bondage Ecstasy, which we were also going to look at, but we couldn't find them with subtitles. So if anyone's got a bit of a hook up with that, that'd be great. Um, but Muscle um, is a bit of an abstract artistic film. Um, clearly, uh, Hisiasu is very influenced by Pasolini um, because of the various name drops in this movie. Part of what made me think of you, Jared. Yeah, I mean, because Salo gets gets it's like a whole through line is talking about Salo. Yeah, well, he really wants to find like a print of Salo so he can finally see it in the movie. So before we get to the plot, though, I want to know, Sam, overall, what do you think? Well, I think it has, I think the film has like a great atmosphere and I like how it does a lot of things without relying on music, for example, to guide how you're supposed to respond to things. It kind of almost makes it feel, it doesn't feel like documentary per se. It's, you know, it's a little uh, hyper real, yeah. enhanced, whatever term you want to throw there. But it, I mean, it's, it's an quite art immersive. Film. It reminds me it's, of an yeah. art. Like, yeah. yeah, it's very immersive, though, in the way that, like, the visuals and the emotional beats really reel you in. Yeah. Does that and mean you just, enjoyed it? it? Or do, I feel like there's a but weird. coming at some point. No, there's no but. I wouldn't say it is. It kind of reminds me when you see, well, when I, what I thought was I saw it, and it reminds me when you see if a film and it feels like a lot of raw talent that hasn't quite been harvested yet so i would be actually be curious to see his follow-on films from this i think there was a budget issue uh, like this is clearly a very small film i mean it um, definitely felt like they were just like sh- making up as they went along in a good way um it, yeah it had a narrative but yeah it was very wacky and it just kind of felt like whatever locations they could find like okay we're filming a scene here and like yeah so i like i really enjoyed this film uh but it's not a like you don't you don't watch it for the plot you watch it for the visual choices that are made and I found that really interesting and like I always love grittier takes on gay films um anytime someone's happy so there's no one no one is happy in this movie (laughs) definitely not no (laughs) which and there's like a there's like a there's like a nihilistic thing going throughout it which is very much my thing i mean it did it reminded me in some ways of santa sangre from the same year okay yeah Um, i don't know because there's like there are like limbs involved and like that sort of um yeah like the loss of a limb and how that can have like sort of a supernatural but it also has that similar thing of you have a jodorowsky films of um I don't want to say like random shit happening, but it's like you have a protagonist that is moving from scene to scene and then like strangeness is happening in that scene and you don't always get the full context of yeah, why. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they both came out in the same year and they remind me a lot of each other. So, But I feel like they must have just been on the same wavelength because I don't think you can rip something off like immediately and have it come out like a month later. So I don't think that um, the film... Jodorowsky is not into s like this movie is. This, no, yeah, this, this movie was kinky. There was, yeah, a lot of S&M, a lot of men in... I was actually having a bit of PTSD watching this movie because my mum used to be a professional bodybuilder. Uh, and, oh. You know, <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah that's a, a heavy theme throughout. 
<laughs> g-string breathe thing because i was like oh it's like my childhood minus the fake tan <laughs> interesting interesting complexes inside your head um yeah i think it's it's worth seeing and i think it's worth like it, uh this is not that graphically violent um if there's violence in it um but there's a lot of a threat of violence like this like i know i haven't gone through the plot yet what what of a plot there is anyway but you know there is a lot of really uncomfortable like playing with expectations on what could happen I think yeah um and a lot of intermixing of sex and violence and if that's your kind of thing uh then I would highly recommend not only checking out Muscle but the rest of Hisayasu's films but let's get to this relatively thin plot uh, I'm kind of looking forward to watching you try to break this down. So we open with our protagonist, who is named Ryuzaki. He works for a local muscle magazine and has gone to a photo shoot of muscle men. And I really like this opening. I thought that was kind of like, it's like a spotlight of all these men posing. For some reason, there's some random skinny guy in all white makeup. <laughs> Which, I'd, which seemed out of place, um, but this kind of hot looks man. cool. Do you know for like for like a heterosexual man, he knows how to leer on the male body. appreciate about taking a slice you know yeah um so we, we get this opening scene it's very kind of like th this is like the art film vibe I think because it's 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 not how a photo shoot would actually be done um there's kind of like the stage and then random spotlights going on various people as they're half naked oiled up and posing um, but definitely got my juices going. Um, there, uh, Ryuzaki sees uh, for the first time Yukihiro Kitami, who is his lover and kind of the antagonist of the plot. Uh, they hook up and we get our first sex scene. Uh, Sam, how would you describe the sex scene? <laughs> I don't, they're, they're, you know, borderline, they're nihilistic. They're a little bit scary. Um, I mean, everything starts kind of, off kind of tender. Sort of. But then like moments later, he's talking about how his life went to shit and the love interest caused him to like become violent. So, you know, you kind of, yeah, yeah you get, it's, the sex scenes are all kind of unsettling yet kind of hot at the same time. Well, they're in these little, so they're in the, is there a special name for that like jock thing? like muscle posing jock thing um, um this is the 
the sex scenes in this movie um, are what I'm talking about where like they wanted to make a porno, but the censors wouldn't let them. So you have a lot of weird things where it's like um, guys kissing flaccid penis through underwear, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds like a like a like a box ticking exercise of like can't have an erect penis, can't show penis on screen. Um, so like it's I've got tastefully graphic. <laughs> it's my, my it was, I mean, you know, we see, we see dick outline. Um, yeah, as in I mean, so that's the thing. It's it's we see believable ass eating. Like they, you know, they go there. Yeah, um, which again, like. Yeah, they, they, I think he is rimming him in that scene. I think they I mean, actually... I don't know how they faked that. So if they did, I'm very impressed. Yeah, um, but obviously they couldn't show certain things. So I think the guys are hooking up. They just couldn't show it all. Um, and then we go from that initial sex scene to them doing a waltz, which is kind of a through line theme. But then you're right, uh, Ryuzaki says... Uh, Kitami began to get sadistic and then we cut to a new sex scene uh, which is very violent Kitami He's cutting him with a knife and he's screaming and it's uh, very much more of the uh, the rapey side of, uh, you know. Look, it's a little dirty. more than I would personally bargain for. And I well, like it rough. So this guy, you know, these guys are in a whole different ballgame. Uh, it's, it's more on theme with his previous film, Office Lady Rape. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam is horrified. I just, I, you know, I, I admire the, uh, the straightforwardness. I don't know if this is a translation. I don't know, thing, but really, yeah, is, I think, like, I think it might cold. be a translation thing. I think it might have different connotations in Japanese. Well, I like to know what I'm getting when I watch a movie. I would personally like to know if the if this film was called Muscle Boys Cut Each Other Dick Play. I would, yeah. Like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm prepared. Um. Uh, we get some more uh, voiceover by Ryuzaki and he said that he eventually had enough of Kitami's torture and then we see Ryuzaki cut off Kitami's arm with a sword. Um, and so that's a kind of open opening set piece. Um, we then cut to one year later. This all happens very, very quickly as well. So it took me, I had to go back to kind of figure out. Well, the one year later title title card comes up as the arm is still sitting on the ground. I was like, are they saying this took a year to get to this point or? Yeah. Um, And I was originally like a bit confused because it happened so quickly. I thought the protagonist had his arm cut off, but no, it was Kitami, the guy that was doing the torturing had his arm cut off. so we cut to one year later. Uh, Ryuzaki has just got out of prison, uh, which one year for cutting off someone's arm, not bad. Yeah. Um, he has an exchange with the guy at the urinal that he's obviously hooked up with in the past. He has this conversation, and this is where we get the first mention from Ryuzaki that he really wants to see Pasolini's salo. 
um, which you still haven't seen, have you, Sam? I haven't. I know there's shit eating um, and a lot of rape. Can we watch um, it together? We can watch it together. It sounds really romantic. I've seen that. I've seen that movie so many times. I adore that movie. Uh, <laughs> even though it's not, it's not as disturbing. I feel like it's one of those movies that everyone's like, this is the most disturbing film ever made. It's, it's not that bad. Look, I do. Um, yeah, I am curious to watch it. So we can, we can, we can tee it up post lockdown. That could be our night. Okay, we'll have a movie night, and then we salad. can go out and do something fun because you know your pursuit of men needs to. Oh, don't Jay, I will be. And this will, this will really put you in. The I'll mood, be horned so. up. You'll <laughs> be horned up after watching ass eating, shit eating, incest, whatever else happens in that bloody movie. Oh, everything, everything you can think of happens in that movie. Uh, also, read the read the book as well. It's interesting. Look, that's not uh, going to happen, but I will watch the movie. <laughs> um. So he, he really wants a copy of Pasolini's Salo. He can't get it in Japan because of the censors. Um, and so he's planning to get a friend from Ireland to send it over. He's then at home where he gets a call from his editor at the Muscle magazine that he worked at, who was like, you left something in the office. I sent it to you. Um, and it's Kitami's arm in a tube. Uh, I think he has a sense of humor for the plot. Like, I don't think we have to take that seriously. That's no, like a, no. That's like a weird thing. Um, Ryuzaki has a hookup with the guy who was chatting to at the urinal. We get another gratuitous sex scene. Um, there was, there was, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but when that scene first happens, Ryuzaki walks into screen and I was and there's a silhouette and I thought it was the silhouette of his erection but it was the sword did you see that I'm gonna say I did but like it didn't stand out to me enough that it's been embedded into my mind so I can't oh, I, I thought yeah. it was clever I thought it was clever he um he like faked an erection with the sword and then it was like haha we can't show erections in Japan it well I'm like disappointed I missed this or I can't yeah. remember it anyway um Ryuzaki has obviously taken on some of the sadistic tendencies of his former lover, starts getting a bit rough, rubs the lover with oil, butter? It's some sort of, I thought it was paint, but yeah, it was kind of this like seminal fluid-esque paint oil Old stuff. Old lube? I don't know. And then, yeah, um, quite in the sexy but dangerous part of this is, yeah, he's grazing his dick with a knife and putting all this white stuff over it. And the guy's like, oh, oh, oh. I kind of like this scene. I was kind of into Look, it. Look, I'm not going to lie. It definitely piked me as well. It was, um, <laughs> but I was There's like, something it was like, about I was not like, showing everything and it being kind of suspenseful. It was like very intriguing. Also, it felt kind of wrong. It kind of felt like I was almost watching like illegal porn. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> well, you know, just knives on dicks, the threat of like, I don't know. There's just like something about the danger that kind of. Um, Sex and violence. Everyone wants yeah. it. Um, after this scene, Ryazaki gets on the phone with his editor and asks whether or not Kitami has been seen around. His editor says, um, well, this particular one-armed man has been seen uh, downtown. Ryazaki begins searching for Kitami. Um, as part of his search, he encounters this couple 
who do kind of come out of nowhere. And I don't have in my notes how he meets this couple. Do you remember? I assume they're like old friends, like from before prison. Because, yeah, I didn't, it wasn't really, from my memory, it wasn't that well established how they knew each other. But he doesn't know them that well. Um, and during one scene where he's having dinner with them, he suddenly realised that they had this weird dominant submissive dynamic where the husband hits the wife and then the wife stomps on him as part of like a kink and then the guy's getting off being stomped on. Uh, the woman tries to seduce Ryazaki, but of course he is still longing for Kitami um, and so uh, doesn't want anything from it. There's kind of a hilarious scene where so Ryazaki is handing out flyers to say, you know, have you seen this one-armed man? Um, and the lady is, the woman in the relationship is berating him. And there's just like an old Japanese lady in frame staring directly at the camera, completely confused about what's happening. Um, well, apparently um, the, the director, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name because that would be insulting. But apparently he would often do see us just, just, yeah, just get, just get people off the street somehow randomly involved in the films. Yeah. Like he, I think well, he would yeah, just start he, shooting and then get people's authentic reactions to whatever was happening. Yeah. He would, cause he would never get permits for the locations that he was shooting at. So he would just start shooting in public. And I noticed it in some of his older films, he would even do scenes where people are getting like stabbed and like gore is coming out and you can see people running off in the background. So I'd love to hear, <laughs> I'd love to hear the stories of like the police getting caught. Yeah, uh, wonder. It kind of reminds me of when um, Roger Diagato, I'm probably saying his name wrong, you know, the person that directed Cannibal Holocaust, how he mm. ended up being arrested because people thought he was really murdering people. Oh yeah, because he made the actors go into hiding. Yeah, and then, then he had to bring them into court and be like, look, they're alive. This was, And they had to demonstrate how some of the makeup effects were achieved. Yeah, they did. So they I wonder if anything like that the, happens um, here. The uh, impaling. Through the mouth pole thing. Yeah. yeah. Which you sit, a bike, you sit on a bicycle seat, the pole, and then you just stick the pole in someone's mouth. Done. Well, you look, what we know now, but they didn't know back then, you know. Got to no. rewatch that movie. Um. Can, can I, I just don't like the animal cruelty. That's my only Well, that's that the movie. fucked up part of, you know, I mean, I've been, um, I've been a vegetarian for 16 years. So I, I care about, you know, care about the animals. I'm a vegetarian. Um, well, I've been vegetarian for longer, Jared. Okay. So I am being the master of vegetarianism. Have you been a vegetarian for longer? I've been a vegetarian since 18. Well, for me, it's been 16 years. For you, it's been like 13. So respect your elders here. <laughs> Don't you dare accuse me of being an inferior vegetarian. Fine, I mean, fine, these fine. days we should obviously be vegan I've slipped a couple but... of times after a couple of drinks. So, See, I've never intentionally slipped. <laughs> like I ate a chicken risotto once I thought it was mushroom and it tastes like rubber. So I had no yeah. idea it was chicken. Mm. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Fine. You, you get the ethical card above me. Ryazaki finally gets a copy of Salo sent to him from his Italian fan, Italian friend, which he uh, picks up at the docks. Whilst wandering around kind of the pier and the where the ships are, he spots a one-armed man and then starts searching all around the pier. This is when he runs into a man in a leather jacket who kind of hints that he knows who this one-armed man is and tries to seduce him. The man in the leather jacket 
tells a story and Sam, I'm going to, I'm going to quiz you on this one. He tells okay. a story about an attractive stranger coming and seducing everyone in his family. And uh, Ryuzaki is like, you've made that up. Why? I just thought he thought that the story was too fantastical. I didn't interpret it as being anything. Um, and you call yourself a cinephile. I don't know if you actually call yourself a cinephile, but I'm just... <laughs> I that mean... Is, that is the plot of uh, Teorema, which is a Pasolini film. Well, I've never seen Teorema, so forgive my ignorance. It's very hot. It is It is a an attractive stranger comes and seduces... And fucks all family. Yeah, seduces everyone in the family. I mean, I kind of entered the premise, though, so <laughs> we can have a double feature. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Uh, oh, yeah, we can have a Pasolini night. That sounds great. Um, so he, yeah, so he, he describes the the plot of Teorema, um, and he gets called out because of that. There's a violent confrontation. The leather jacket man destroys the copy of Salo, and Ryozaki beats the man to death with a pipe. Kind of comes out That's of nowhere. <laughs> well, the guy, the guy, other guy does start at first. He, it was, this one could be argued as self-defense mm. in a way. Cause he steals he, his he, videotape and then they're like having a bit of a tussle. And the other guy whacks him. Then he's just like, oh, you're going to whack me. I'm going to whack you three times. You're dead. With a pipe. <laughs> With a pipe. <laughs> Not quite you know, he, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He took it a little, you know, a little far, but there's an argument there. Uh, Ryozaki then receives a mysterious invitation to a private party. He uh, is led um, into this kind of theatre hall um, and has to wear a stocking on his head. Uh, he approaches the stage. And again, we're getting very kind of, kind of like eyes, one, eyes wide shut type idea of a private party where you're kind of, it's very ritualized. Um, the spotlights start coming on and Ryozaki has a waltz dance with various characters who come through. Eventually he sees the one armed man um, and realizes it's Katami and the lights come on. Um, we then get a bit of a very confused scene of Ryozaki getting the shit beaten out of him. And then Ryozaki attempts to return Katami his arm, which Katami just throws on the ground. Um, I don't know what the premise is of like, is Katami running some sort of like underground BDSM ring or something? Look, he had minions, that's for sure. Yeah, it's he's like an organized crime figure or something now. Um, Katami starts beating the shit out of Ryozaki. Ryozaki wants it and begs to have his arm chopped off. Kitami puts the knife up towards him and then Ryozaki uh, deliberately blinds himself by slicing across his eyes. Um, we then... So that he'll always be as beautiful, because there's this whole um, thing during the film where he kept, keeps talking about how his lover has like the best like hard body, etc. I guess he's lost a bit of that with, you know, with, with one arm, you can't do push-ups and stuff, you know, so he's probably lost that a little bit. And he's like, I want to see you the same way that I always did or something like that. And so he cuts out his eyes. He can still feel the lack of arm and Yeah, muscle. but like maybe it's all just going to be like a, some weird fantasy relationship where he just like jokes himself off. Well, we do get, of him. 
we get a romantic ending. Uh, Kitami carries Ryuzaki out of the theater um, and then they have a little waltz on the pier. And that's how our film ends. So they get together in the end. Those well, crazy kids. <laughs> Those crazy kids, you know, both with um, permanent and debilitating injuries, but now they've got each other. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lesson behind this. I think we're just, again, it's a nihilistic premise of, I guess, someone that's abused, realizing that they're chained to their abuser. Yeah, so still, I think it's still making a statement. Um, maybe it's not its intent, but you know, I think that you, if you had to analyze this for film studies, you could, you could find a way. Hmm. It's, you I know, mean, I think it's, I think it's more aesthetic than. Uh, moral morally yeah, driven. So it's definitely romanticizing like trauma and abuse but in a kind of like arousing way so you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna discount this movie yeah who cares i just you know me i don't believe in any sometimes it's okay film. <laughs> it's okay if the men involved are really good looking Thank you for listening to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sinister Sissies. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Bartle. That's Jared with a Y. You can speak to Sam and follow us on Instagram at Sinister underscore Sissies. Um, oh, I'm struggling to get through this after a couple of wines. Um, we would very much like you to support us on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. I don't know if that helps push you over the line. It really helps uh, the show Jared and out. I, if we get enough patrons, we will reenact some scenes from today's movie. Yes. Including the razor blade on penis scene with white G-string. Yes. We'll as, long as, I, white as, G-string. as long as you're my victim, I'm happy. Um, I'm in the G, I'm ready. <laughs> until next time though, stay sinister. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.